going to continue reading that. Um, it's a story. So just to introduce it, by the way, um, last Sunday I was uh, at a seminar. Shane was doing a kind of a preaching seminar. Shane is he's studying preaching. Um, he's actually doing a doctorate in preaching. You wouldn't think there's such a thing, but there is. Um, Shane is there in America at the moment. He's heading there to continue that. And Shane was just saying, in the Bible, there are a number of ways of preparing a message, but this is a kind of a story. The, the story is about a man who's born blind, and as Shane was saying, a lot of the, the Bible, it's, it's a whole long story from start to finish, you know, from, from Genesis through to Revelation, and with any story, there's a start, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end, makes, makes sense. But usually in any story, that, that's, you know, that's a, a bit gripping. It begins nice and steady, then there's maybe a crisis, uh, and then as the crisis goes on, there are different paths along the way, and then there's a climax, and something is sorted, and you come to the end, and not quite all live happily ever after necessarily in every story, but there's a completion to it. And in this story, there is a completion to it. We're, we're going to continue reading there from, from verse 13. It says, They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God. He does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was division among them. So they said again to the man, to the blind man, What do you say about him, since it was your eyes he opened? He said, He's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son? who you say was born blind, how then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess that Jesus is the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. For the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to them, and said to him, Give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why is this an amazing thing? You do not know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshipper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin. Would you teach us? 
and they cast him out. Then Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things, and he said to them, and they said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. And that's the story, that's the word of the Lord. And it's, uh, as I said, it's, it's a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it, it goes, and Jesus quite often has what we would call a cryptic way of speaking. You know, he, he speaks in, in riddles at times. And John in the gospel particularly emphasizes that. If you think, for example, of the, the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Remember at the Last Supper, when, when Jesus went to wash the disciples' feet, there was no servant there, so Jesus in order to illustrate how a Christian should behave, he said, I am among you as one who serves. He took off his outer garment, put a towel around him, and started washing the disciples' feet. Peter immediately said, you shall not wash my feet. Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Then Peter said, well, Lord, in that case, wash my, my head and my hands as well. Peter was always one to, to just put his mouth first and, and talk first. But Jesus said to Peter, you are already clean, but only your feet need washing. And, and he was illustrating there, Jesus was saying that he was using it as an illustration of sin. When you come to Jesus, he takes away your sin completely. But you walk in this world just as your feet get dirty, just as you live in this world. There will be times when you will do wrong things, you will make mistakes, you need to come back to Jesus in repentance. You need to come back in sin. And Jesus used every occasion he could to preach about the kingdom of God. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. That was his purpose. And every time that he, he spoke about anything, it was directing people to the word of God. And, and that's a good reminder for us also how, how we should live our lives um, and so Jesus is, is here, and, and the story begins as they pass by, a man blind from birth, and his disciples ask, who sinned? Was it him or his parents? Because, you know, he's, look at him. He, he must have done something wrong. Someone did something wrong that he's like this. Was it him or was it his parents? This is a punishment from God. And I, I remember quite a, a few years ago, some of you might remember um, a footballer named Glenn Hoddle. He used to be the manager of the English football club, English football team. He was a great footballer himself, then he became a very good manager. But he had a quirky way of thinking. He said this very odd thing one time, and he said, you know, disabled people, the reason they're disabled is because of something wrong they did in a past life. And that caused an absolute uproar in, in Britain where it, it just wasn't acceptable, and, and disabled people were rightly offended, because Glenn Hoddle was thinking, well, 
punishment brings crime brings brings punishment these people are disabled they're blind or they're they're crippled or something because they've done something wrong in a past life and his his thinking was totally twisted and he had to actually resign his job as as the english football manager even though he was quite successful but it, it teaches us you have to watch what you say, but it also teaches us that his thinking was totally wrong. God is not vindictive. He does not punish you for the wrong things you do in this world. Yes, he, he'll, he will punish us in eternity for not repenting, that's true, but in this world, he doesn't say, ah, I got you, you've done something wrong, I'm going to zap you with something. He is a gracious God and a forgiving God, and Glenn Hoddle just didn't appreciate what God is like at all. But there's a lot of false teaching out there, folks, and, and you need to stick to what the Bible says for ultimate truth. It is the scriptures that, that teach us what is, is right and wrong. But as we go through the story here, it's the story of the man who was born blind. It wasn't that he became blind. He was born that way. Um, he never knew anything better, and he had come to accept it. He wasn't expecting that he would ever learn to see but he had a greater problem than his blindness. He was spiritually blind. He was outside the kingdom of heaven, and he didn't realize that. But it wasn't just he that was blind. It was all the Pharisees, the Jews of that time as well. They were blind, and they were not willing to see. And this incident tells us also, it reminds us that everyone born since Adam except for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are all spiritually blind, spiritually dead. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, is what the Bible tells us. There is no one righteous, not even one, we're told. And, and the, the Jews were totally unaware of this spiritual blindness. And why are we unaware of our spiritual blindness? Well, well Paul writes in, in Corinthians, he says, the devil has blinded those who do not believe, so they cannot see the light of God. The devil has blinded them. And, and these people were blind. And, and can you imagine, um, let's say, a, a person who, yeah, that supposing everyone in a, in a particular situation was blind. They had never seen. They had no concept of what seeing was like. They were utterly living in, in as it were, in darkness. And then one of them suddenly, he gets to see, and, and he, somehow he is miraculous. He is given the gift of sight, and he says to all his, his friends, he says, I can see, I can see, and they say, what? What is seeing? And they have no concept of it whatsoever. They, they say, it's, it's impossible. What, what are you talking about, this, this seeing? And he, he says, but I have learned there is such a thing as light, there is such a thing as beauty, there is such a thing as, as, as color, it is incredible. And they scoff at him and say, this is impossible. No one, this doesn't exist. We have no concept of it whatsoever. And he said, it is true. I have seen it. And they scoff at him and, and sneer at him. And I, I mean, I, I remember learning as a, as a child the story of um, Copernicus, who was the man who first had the concept of the, the fact that the earth revolves around the sun, because everyone believed that the earth was the center of the universe and, and the sun revolved around the earth, because it, it looks like that. And when Copernicus, who was a, an astronomer, came up with this concept, 
He was berated, abused. He was condemned by everyone and anyone and, and said he's a total heretic, he's a fool, he's an idiot. And yet eventually he was proved to be right because people do not like to have their, their beliefs questioned. They do not like to, to be told you're in the wrong. And the reason for the opposition of the Pharisees here in this case was that they were religious people. And religion is one of the greatest stumbling blocks to finding God. In fact, God in the Old Testament, in the book of Amos, he says, I hate your religious feasts. They are abhorrent to me. I cannot stand your offerings. I do not want your religion, God is saying. Because the problem with religion is religion is man feels he is pleasing God. He is saying, look, God, look at what I can give you. Look how good I am. And whether it's offering a sacrifice or a ritual that makes man feel that God is pleased with him, the problem with that way of thinking is <clears throat> you come to God and you say, Lord, look at how good I am. Look at how righteous I am. I am a good person. I am righteous. But your righteousness is self-righteousness. And we know that self-righteousness, it is an Absolutely, it is abhorrent to God. He hates the self-righteousness that is in every one of us by nature. We think we are good. No, God says, no, you are not good. You are a sinner. You are blind. You are lost. And this man was blind. Um, and, and Jesus, for example, spoke of the, the parable in, in, of the, the Pharisee and the publican who went up to the to the. the temple to pray, and, and the, the Pharisee said, I thank you, Lord, I'm not like other people. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of my offerings to the poor. I'm not like this man behind me. And this man behind was just on his knees begging forgiveness of God. And Jesus said, it was that man begging forgiveness who was righteous before God. He knew he was a sinner. <clears throat> man has a tendency to think he is good but we are sinners. And so this man here, anyway, he has his sight restored. He's probably jumping for joy. He wasn't looking to be healed. He didn't expect it. He was accepting his lot in life. I'm going to be blind for the rest of my life. But this changes everything. But it's only half his problem is solved because he is still spiritually blind and he's unaware of it. But then it goes a step further because the Pharisees say, who is this man who healed you? And the man tells them, it was a man called Jesus. It was a man called Jesus healed me. I don't know. I've never met him. I've never seen him because he was, he was sent to Siloam. And, and by the way, when, when Jesus made the, the mud, there wasn't any mysterious uh, symbolism or anything in that. Jesus made the mud and sent him to Siloam for, for one good reason. Jesus was trying to provoke the Pharisees because it was the Sabbath. So making mud was breaking the Sabbath and then walk to the pool of Siloam. That was more than a Sabbath day's walk. So Jesus, he was breaking the law and he wanted to, to confront the, the Pharisees and, and to make them think, what do you believe and why do you believe it? But it goes a step further when they're interrogating the man because he says, he says, I know this man. He must be from God. First of all, he says he's a prophet. 
Then he says, he is a man from God. And it goes on and on. And when Jesus restored his sight, as I say, he wasn't expecting it, didn't know Jesus. But the moment you take an interest in Jesus, and I, I don't know every soul here this morning, but if you say, I am going to follow Jesus, this man found it was going to cost him, and it will cost you. Now, you may not be persecuted. You may not um, be, be imprisoned or, or flogged or anything like that, but it will cost you to follow Jesus. The man could say, I know he has given me sight. I know nothing about him, but one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. It's more than any of you could do for me. This man must be from God. He is a man of God. And when they say they don't know Jesus, who he is, or where he comes from, the man says, look, God does not listen to sinners, but God listened to this man, Jesus. My knowledge is limited, but I know this man must be from God. And it was, it was too much for the Jews. They threw him out of the synagogue. He wanted to confront them with their own blindness to understanding God, but it was they who were blind. It was they who could not see the light of the sun in the sky. They could see the light of the sun in the sky, rather, but they could not see the light of the Son of God. Their blindness the, for the Pharisees, their blindness, though they could see as, as we can the sun in the sky, they did not see the Son of God for who he is. But this man was beginning to realize, I know there is something more about Jesus than just, it, it's not just that he's a miracle worker. He is a man of God. They were spiritually blind, but they weren't just unable to see. They were unwilling to see that Jesus is the Savior. And all their knowledge and all his knowledge, it didn't match up because they knew that he had found something. And yet, folks, if you try to follow Jesus, it will cost you. Now, as I say, you, you won't be imprisoned probably, but you will find yourself losing friends. You will find you won't be invited to things. You'll be just given the cold shoulder at times. It will cost you to follow Jesus. And the man was beginning to realize that. But the Pharisees had to have their way, so they, they threw him out. But he knew he had found something that was so much greater than the Pharisees' authority. He had come in contact with the light of the sun, but he had come in contact with the light of Jesus Christ. He couldn't, ex <coughs> excuse me. He couldn't explain it. And they sneered at him. They abused him. As I say, they threw him out. But he had found something, and he wasn't going to let go of it. And if you're a Christian, as I say, if Jesus is worth following, it will cost you, but it is worth it. And the man immediately felt the pressure to disown Jesus. He had, he had not even made his peace with God yet, but he knew that something extraordinary was happening in his life. And in Peter writes in his letter, he says, when, when you become a Christian, he says, do not be surprised at the painful trial you're going through as though something strange were happening to you. When you become a Christian, it is wonderful. It is a life that I've been a Christian for, I'd say, yeah, 45 years at least at this stage. 
It is worth following Jesus, but it will cost you. And finally, Jesus catches up with the man again. So he has, he has seen, he comes to know something about Jesus, but he hasn't met Jesus yet, and suddenly he meets Jesus. But it's noticeable here that it is Jesus who goes looking for him. It says at the end, it says, Jesus heard that they'd cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man was not looking for Jesus. It was Jesus who found him. And if you are a Christian, it is Jesus who has found you. You have not found him. We, we do th- tend to think like that. You know, I, I searched hard for God, and I remember that myself, reading the Bible, crying out, God, where are you? But the only reason I was doing that was because the Holy Spirit was pulling me to listen to the word, to look for Jesus. It is Jesus who seeks us out. So far he was blind, but now he sees. He didn't know Jesus, though he knew about him probably. But now there was a challenge in his life because the reality is that not everyone who meets Jesus becomes a follower of Jesus. Remember the story of the ten lepers. There were ten lepers healed. Jesus said, go and and show yourself to the priest. But only one came back to thank Jesus. And equally, if you remember the story of the the rich young ruler, the man who, who came to Jesus and said, Lord, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said, you know the commandments. Do not steal. Do not commit adulteries. I've kept all these. What more do I need? And Jesus says, give up everything and follow me. Not everyone, even who's looking for Jesus, is willing to accept the terms of Jesus' lordship because it will cost you. But when this man meets Jesus face to face and he's asked, are you willing to believe he has no hesitation? He says, he, he says in this, who is he that I may believe in him? Jesus says, you have seen him. It is he who is speaking to you. And he's, he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And I don't know what, what form that worship took. It was perhaps in an open place. Perhaps it was in a, on a, in a, a secret place. But to say that he worshipped him, I suspect that he went down on his knees and he said, you are the Lord. I acknowledge that. It was a realization that this Jesus, this man who healed me, is the Lord. And he comes to make his peace with God. He acknowledges that Jesus Christ is Lord of his life. But for the others who are listening there, it's a challenge. They're unwilling to ignore the challenge when Jesus, it it says, for judgment I came into this world, um, that those who see may become blind. And some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Us, with all, all our knowledge, all our wisdom, our learning? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt, but now that you see, you see, your guilt remains. It was their own self-righteousness that caught them out. Jesus tells them their denial of him is what's causing their condemnation. You claim to see, and yet you are as blind as darkness itself. And there is a saying, there is none so blind as he that will not see. There is none so blind as he that will not see. I remember one time chatting to a man about the gospel and he, he was 
he asked me a simple question. He said, do you think that I am going to hell? And I had to be honest, and I said, look, I, I think you are. And he was terribly offended at that, and I can understand it. Who am I to, to condemn him? Who, who am I to say? But I was, I was warning him as, as, as a friend, and I said, look, can I give you a little illustration? I said, supposing you liked sailing. You know, you're living here. Um, whether it would be, yeah, so it was actually in Kinsale, I remember meeting this man and, and the sea was there within his view and I said, supposing you liked sailing and you, you thought, I'm going to build myself a boat and you had the, the good fortune to have two very good friends who were shipwrights, they could build boats and they were very good at it and so you, you decided to build your own boat and you built it and, and it, it looked really well and you went to your first friend and said to him, what do you think of the boat I've built? And he looked and he said, oh, there are lovely lines in that. that that's lovely. Oh, yes, yeah, that, that'll go fast. That'll go good. Smooth, really well built. Well done. You'll have great fun in that for many, many years. And then you show to your other carpenter, shipwright friend, and he looks and he says, oh, I don't like the look of that. Is that the glue you used? That's not waterproof. That will dissolve immediately in contact with water. Those nails, they, they will rust immediately. That is a disaster. If you go out in that, you will sink within a half an hour. You'll drown if you go out in that boat. It looks good, but you will drown if you go out in that boat. And I said to the man, which one was really a true friend to you? It was surely the one who warned you of the danger of, that you were in. And the reality is that people need to hear the gospel. People are blind by nature. We have the responsibility to tell people the good news about Jesus. This man could see because he wanted to see. No man or woman will ever see Jesus for who he is unless he's willing to believe. It's the hardness of man's heart is, is what causes the blindness in his soul. Man refuses to see because he does not want to believe. And to believe Jesus I, I heard a phrase recently, um, it was something like this, and, and sometimes we would say, <clears throat> if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't have believed it for myself. But for the Christian, you can say, if I hadn't believed it, I wouldn't have seen it. If I hadn't believed, I wouldn't have seen. And for the Christian, it is the challenge, am I willing to believe in Jesus, to see with, with spiritual eyes, to have eternal life? And that's a question that all of us need to ask ourselves. Am I willing to believe in Jesus, to see the gospel, to see Jesus for who he is?